Welcome to the Yadkin Examine. My name is Jonathan Gaylord, the pastor at Yadkinville United Methodist Church, and the Yadkin Examine is a weekly podcast where every Monday we take a moment to reflect on the past week, give thanks to God, and seek strength for the day and week to come. The Examine comes out of a technique described by Ignatius Loyola and is still practiced by Jesuits twice daily. We've adapted it here to help us reflect on the events in our lives and discern God's presence and will for us. We'll use prompts for self-reflection from various sources, like the 22 questions John Wesley and the Holy Club at Oxford would ask themselves daily. In addition to that, you'll hear an excerpt from Sunday's sermon, and we'll draw some reflection questions from the sermon, our worship, and the scripture text. The reflection questions are listed in the show notes below. The reflection questions are listed in the show notes, and you may want to copy them out and write out your answers as a journaling practice. A special announcement this week. It is the first week of July, and today I finalized our family's travel plans for our vacation at the end of August, uh, first week of September, and so I will be gone for those two weeks, and uh, we won't have a Yadkin examine or actually a Yadkin lectio because the person who's going to come in and preach for me, I don't I'm not going to have them, they're not going to be preaching on Paul, and they're going to get to pick their own scripture text, so I don't know that I'll have time to prepare their uh, prepare their lectios before I go on vacation. Uh, but uh, Kevin, who is our intern for this summer, who uh, you have heard uh, on the Yadkin Examine uh, in not last week, but the week before, as part of his work, kind of plan out a different format podcast uh, for those two weeks uh, where we're going to kind of talk about Paul and where we are in Paul and uh, kind of dive into, uh, you know, what made it into sermons versus what uh, didn't make it into sermons. Uh, But we're also going to have a a segment on what questions do you have about Paul that have not been answered yet. Uh, So if you have any questions uh, about Paul that you'd like for us to, to answer in those podcasts, uh, send me an email, pastor at yadkinvilleumc.org, and let me know uh, what those questions are. Also, another option, if you want to hear your voice featured on the Yadkin Examine, a high, high honor, you can go over to the show's public webpage on Anchor, the site that hosts our podcast, which is just anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M, forward slash Yadkin, Y-A-D-K-I-N, dash examine, E-X-A-M-E-N, and you can find that link down in the show notes below as well, Uh, and there is a button there that just says message, and if you click on the message button, it actually is a audio message, so you can send us an audio message of your question uh, that we can drop into our, drop into those episodes, and people can hear your voice, so I encourage you to do that. Um, It is the first week of July, so you've got all of the month of July uh, before we sit down to record those episodes. Um, but if you have any questions about Paul, things that we haven't answered yet, things that you want to make sure we get to, uh, general questions about life, the Bible, anything, uh, we'll sit down and we'll make sure to answer some of those questions. So just send me an email, pastor at yadkinvilleumc.org, or go to the show's page on anchor, anchor.fm forward slash Yadkin dash examine and hit that message button and send us your questions. And now as we prepare to pray together, I invite you to take a moment to center your body, your heart, and your mind for prayer. Maybe through taking several deep breaths, finding a comfortable posture, 
anything that helps you to be present to the Holy Spirit that is already in our midst. And now let us hear this excerpt from our July 3rd sermon on Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 19, and then verses 23 through 29. Now sometimes I think we get into a little bit of trouble when we hear these verses. Because what Paul is saying here isn't that those distinctions stop existing on earth. Paul isn't saying that uh, everybody becomes the same. Because often when we think about uh, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female, neither Jew nor Greek, when we think about those distinctions and we think about them disappearing, what's left over? Well, it just means that everyone looks the same means that everyone does the same, means that everyone walks the same way, means that everyone talks the same way, means that everyone is conforming to some ideal we have in our brains. But Paul is saying that those distinctions, they don't go away. They don't stop existing in Christ. Or they don't stop existing here on earth in Christ. What Paul is saying is that even with our distinctiveness, even with those markers that we have from birth, even who we are, when we put ourselves under Christ, when we put on the garments of Christ, when we become the new creation, those distinctions lose their power in the kingdom. Paul's going to go on to say later on in Galatians is how we use that distinctiveness, how we use who we are, how we use our own authority in this world, how we use our power in this world, how we use our freedom in this world matters. Yes, we are all free in Christ. Yes, we all have liberty to pursue our own our own. Uh, Lives. Yes, we all have this standing in Christ that we are free from sin and free from these structures that have limited and bound us. But Paul is, says, and I said this last week and I'll say this next week, Paul says that how we use our freedom matters. How we use our distinctiveness, how we use our lives, how we live our lives as Christian matters. Not matters in the sense that we can become more saved, not matters in the sense that we can be loved more by God, but matters in terms of how we use the gift we've been given. Discipleship is what matters. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Marty shared the uh, little bullseye kind of thing that we're using in the leadership team to kind of evaluate and think about how we structure our, our lives here together as a church. And kind of, the, the United Methodist Church has, has a rule of discipleship, called the general rule of discipleship. And it essentially says that Christians, that disciples, that people who are earnestly desiring to live their lives with God, live out their lives in four areas, compassion, justice, devotion, and worship. And for our purposes, the blue ring is kind of those evangelistic, those fellowship things, those things where we can invite people in. The green ring is a small group accountability. It's people who are 
holding us accountable to living this life that we've committed to living together. And those two inner rings are essentially those things that we do that help us to grow closer to God. Because that's the game. That's what we're here for. We're not here because we can be more saved. We're not here because we can achieve some higher level of uh, Christianity. We're not here because we can somehow make ourselves better. We are here because the thing that matters is Jesus Christ. And we want to live and move towards and with Christ. And that's what Paul is telling the Galatians. There's nothing you can do to be more saved. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more. God already loves you more than you can ever imagine. What you can do, church, is try to structure and live your lives as though the gift that God has given to us matters. You can move closer and closer to the cross through worship, through Bible study, through prayer, through caring for others, through giving to Yadkin Christian Ministries, to working for justice in the world. Through all of these things, we are able to move with the grace of Jesus Christ, not so that God loves us more, so, but so that we love God more, so that we respond to the gifts that Christ has already given to us. There is no progressive initiation. There's nothing we can do to make God love us more. But with the freedom that we have been given through Christ, we can move towards God. We can move deeper in love with Christ. We can become the people that God has called us to be. So let us move towards God. Let us use the freedom we've been given. Let us fall more and more and more in love with the God who already loves us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, help us to review this past week with your eyes with your heart, with your mind, and not merely with our own. Prayerfully review your week. What are you thankful for? Where did the Holy Spirit move? As we consider where we have fallen short, ask yourself these questions from John Wesley's 22 questions. Am I a slave to dress, friends, work, or habits? Am I self-conscious, self-pitying, or self-justifying? Did the Bible 
live in me today? Do I give it time to speak to me every day? And now as we look ahead, consider these questions from the sermon. What does it mean for you that Christ entered into the world to be in relationship with you, even though it meant being subjugated to death? How does Christ guarantee your place in God's kingdom, and how does that impact how you live your life? Paul says that God does not see divisions through Christ. How can you better live your life around God's vision and will in this? Almighty God, grant us forgiveness for where we have fallen short. Give us your power and your righteousness to follow Christ with all that we are. May we daily give thanks to you for the love and the grace that you shower upon us unconditionally. And may we respond with wisdom to the Holy Spirit's movement in our hearts and lives. Amen. As we prepare to return to the business of the day, let us once more reflect upon Galatians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 19. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly exhibited as crucified. The only thing I want to learn from you is this. Did you receive the Spirit by doing the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? Having started with the Spirit, are you now ending with the flesh? Did you experience so much for nothing? If it really was for nothing, well then, does God supply you with the Spirit and work miracles among you by your doing the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? Just as Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, so you see those who believe are the descendants of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, declared the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the Gentiles should be blessed in you. For this reason, those who believed are blessed with Abraham, who believed. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all things written in the book of the law. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the one who is righteous will live by faith. But the law does not rest on faith. On the contrary, whoever does the works of the law will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham, might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brothers and sisters, I give you an example from daily life. Once a person's will has been ratified, no one adds to it or annuls it. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, as of many, but it says, and to your offspring, that is, to one person who is Christ. My point is this. The law, which came 430 years later, does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God, so as to nullify the promise. For if the inheritance comes from the law, it no longer comes from the promise. But God granted it to Abraham through the promise. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions, until the offspring would come to whom the promise had been made, and it was ordained through angels by a mediator.
Now a mediator involves more than one party, but God is one. Is the law then opposed to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if the law had been given, that would make alive. Then righteousness would indeed come through the law. But the scripture has imprisoned all things under the power of sin, so that what was promised through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law, until faith would be revealed. Therefore the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. As many of you were baptized into Christ, have closed yourself with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek, there is no longer slave or free, there is no longer male or female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring heirs according to the promise. Thank you so much for praying the Yadkin Examine with us today. If you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or concerns, you can always email me at pastor at yadkinvilleumc.org. And remember to get any questions you have about Paul, the Bible, life, I guess, we'll answer those too. Get those questions in uh, in July. You can either email them to me at pastor at yadkinvilleumc.org or head over to the podcast's webpage, anchor.fm forward slash yadkin dash examine. And I will put that down in the show notes uh, this month and in the months to come. So send us those questions so that Kevin and I can dive into them and see if we can't uncover some, some truth. I would encourage you to pray for one another and pray for me as we continue on through Galatians and into Romans uh, very soon and continuing our journey with Paul. So believe in Christ, go in peace.